and turn to Matthew, the book of Matthew, first book of the New Testament, chapter 25. Matthew 25. And we're going to read verses 14, 1, 4, through to verse 30. Matthew 25, verse 14. And this is Jesus speaking. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. And to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I know, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, You should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Let's hear the preaching of God's word. I'm truly grateful to God again for the opportunity to bring uh, his word uh, to uh, you this morning. And that passage that we have just read, uh, I will uh, be seeking to uh, give uh, exposition of it and uh, seeking to apply Uh, that to uh, us. Let me uh, then begin by uh, saying this. I I did mention during the the report time uh, that, uh, unfortunately, our country, known for uh, a number of other good things, but unfortunately, every cycle of five years, this violence around the general election time. Uh, This time there wasn't, though. Um, 
but uh, one would have wished that uh, it was uh, uh, good. Uh, however, there were challenges. On August uh, 9th, we did hold our uh, general election, um, and the previous concerns uh, brought it up that it's not only the result of the election uh, that should, uh, um, you know, be praised, but even the process. Actually, that the process be um, fair, be verifiable, uh, be really accurate, uh, so that the result can be uh, acceptable. Now, uh, when the result uh, were, were given of the general election, particularly presidential election, uh, then it became very uh, clear that the parties were not happy, were not satisfied because the process uh, was uh, not fair, uh, it was not uh, uh, transparent. And so the matter reached the Supreme Court. And uh, uh, after a very intense uh, number of days, uh, and the uh, petitioners uh, brought lorry loads of uh, evidence, really, to show that the process uh, was uh, all faulty. Rigging was the order of the day. Um, uh, when they had made their case and waited for the Supreme Court to give their verdict, um, the Supreme Court, um, made up of uh, seven distinguished um, men and women, what they could say could actually be captured in a statement or two. They basically said all the supposed evidence of rigging was hot air. And uh, that broke many hearts. Uh, because the um, election split the country right down the middle. And so, uh, what we had uh, in our country was a divided country because the process was faulty, therefore the result could not be um, acceptable. However, as we are talking just a few days ago, um, we now have a regime in the office. But as I've said, half the country uh, is uh, not happy. Now, why am I bringing, you know, our own election problems uh, to you this morning? What would that help us in? Actually, it's a, a helpful introduction to what I would like us to see in this passage. Here is a situation. The Lord Jesus Christ is um, talking to his disciples, and this really, his disciples privately. We read that in chapter 24, verse 3. 
So it's not everyone as in the previous uh, you know, times, but um, these are his own disciples. And he um, shows them the desire of his heart. He sets before them the work of the preparation of the kingdom, and he shows them who it is who will belong to the kingdom that he is setting up. And it is so important uh, that uh, this be borne in mind. Already in verses 1 to 13, he has shown uh, that uh, one must watch for the kingdom, and more strictly here, for the return of Christ to set up his great kingdom. He's about to return. Those who hope to be members of that kingdom better watch. They better not be involved in anything else that otherwise would take their attention away. They must so prepare by watching, watchfulness. But then what we have now before us from verses 14 to 30 is that not only must one be watchful, preparing for the return of Christ, but that one must be found engaged in the work of Christ. In view of the returning Christ, one must work. One cannot expect to find themselves in the kingdom of God if they are not involved in the work. And so, to borrow from the illustration, the process is important. One cannot expect um, a fair result if the process is not proper. We must, if we expect to be found in the kingdom of, uh, of Christ, if he is to, to, to return for us, as it were, and receive us home, we must be involved in work. But you see, the passage we want to see, the Lord Jesus brings about this matter of work not just doing what we like. Our election, uh, the materials, the preparation for the election uh, took away billions of Kenya shillings in the preparation. And then when the process was flawed and the result was disputed, people have wondered, was it worth all that money being spent? This passage is really not for, uh, it's not telling us just find what you want to do and be engaged. No, but really we are being told in this um, illustration, this parable, that it is the master himself who provides what is needed or what will be done as people are involved in waiting, working and waiting for his return. So, I would like us then, we had read the passage, I want us to look at this in, uh, I trust, a simple way by 
asking, what are these that in this passage called talents? What are they? Of course, in the process also we'll find out what they are not. But the main thing is, what are these talents? And then in the second place, how are they to be used? How are these talents to be used as we wait for the return of the Savior? And then finally, uh, to do with our application, we'll really be asking, so what? Is it really a big deal whether we are involved in this work or not, whether we choose to do um, what the master wants or not? Is that a big deal? And I trust at the end we'll realize, well, it is a big deal. And no one can choose to do their own thing and expect uh, that at the end, the master will be able to say, well done, enter the joy of your master. Uh, even though the uh, seven judges in my country at the Supreme Court said, oh, all these tons of uh, evidence brought before us, all this is just hot air, they didn't get away with it as it were. Of course, what they said led to uh, the uh, inauguration of, uh, of the person now we have in the office, but they have left people so disgusted. And a number of people have said, just strike us off from the election register. There's no need to register. If the process can be faulty like this, the result gets disputed, and then the Supreme Court says, come on, let's get on with it. Forget and just move on. We don't want to vote anymore. Well, uh, that has been the case. Can we say the same here? Oh, no. The judge in this matter is one who, when they speak, or when he speaks, that is the end. Because we see what happens at the very end of this, uh, uh, this passage where... The master then declares, cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In my country, after five years, maybe there will be another election, according to the Constitution. And, and even if some half the country say, we won't bother at all, then half will have their way. But in this one, there's no hope. It is the final. And therefore, friends, what we are seeing here is crucial for all of us. Now, in the first place then, what are these talents that we read about? If you look at verse 14 and 15, and I'm reading from ESV, uh, I trust you'd be having different versions, uh, but just bear that in mind. Verse 14, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability. Now, generally we take talents to mean some special ability uh, that one has which makes them stand out above the others. 
if you're thinking of our church back at home, this young man, Dennis, has an amazing talent. We're trying to help him now go in and, and be trained. Um, but he's already above the rest of us. When he fiddles around uh, with these things, we see he's got an amazing there, uh, what generally we would call a talent. Um, then there's another young man like a brother here playing the keyboard. I, I would love to know how to play the piano, but that's not mine. Uh, I don't have that uh, kind uh, of uh, talent. We even have something now in our uh, TV programs called Talent Show, where, where people uh, come and, and they play all manner of things, and the best uh, gets away with so much money. But, you know, when the scripture uh, was written, talent was not something that someone has and others don't have at all, and so it makes them walk with a shoulder high. No, this initially we need to understand was a, a measuring weight or some monetary way um, of, of, of um, monetary unit. And it wasn't some mean amount of money. It was a way of measuring a lot of money. Hence, this man going away, he was definitely a man of ability, a rich man, and he portioned out a large amount of money to these people according to their ability. Of course, uh, these people, one received five, the other two, and the other one. It's true, God does give people ability, as again, uh, thinking of Dennis in, in, in our church. God does give people uh, such different abilities of, or interests. Um, and, and we can even call that natural abilities. So-and-so is naturally gifted. However, uh, the Lord Jesus here um, is showing us what happens in spiritual realm. He's um, showing us that this is what happens in the spiritual realm among uh, believers, people who would profess his name. And, and so, the talent here is not just the ordinary way we, we think of uh, talent shows and, and uh, some special ability one has out there and, and others would desire, but they, they don't have it, no. Um, that's one thing. And then also we, we need to take note that these talents then represent responsibilities, or responsibility to serve the Lord, to work out these things for the good of the Lord ultimately. But as we'll see, it is to be worked out among the Lord's people. Uh, these really represent various opportunities that God gives his people for different activities. This is the idea of the talents here. 
in the kingdom of God. He, that is God himself, does give uh, different people uh, various uh, uh, opportunities to carry out these things um, among his own people. In other words, uh, these talents represent what we do with our abilities. And not just the abilities themselves. What, what we do with what God has given us. Uh, these three men were the servants of their master. He knew uh, their abilities. And so he provided them um, these things according to their ability. The Lord knows his people. He knows everyone who belongs to him who would be in his kingdom. And he gives each uh, various responsibilities to carry. And the point that I'll be emphasizing through is this, that those responsibilities are to be carried out faithfully. Faithfulness is the key thought here. You see, we all in a church, and I believe here included, and with this week in mind, we all have different abilities. And the Lord provides opportunities how we are to carry out uh, those things. So we've got preaching done from the pulpit here, a pastor and others who would help him to preach. And then we've got ushers who carry out the very necessary. If there wasn't one to do that and visitors walk in, they don't know where to sit. They wonder whether they are really welcome in the church here. But the work of, um, of ushers, how important that is to make people feel comfortable. They would go away saying, I love that church. I want to go back again. Just the way they received me when I was there, a stranger, I, I want to go back there again. But you see, the pastor may stand here and the ushers may be at the door there. But already there was quite a bit of work that was done here. Maybe yesterday, getting this place ready or early in the morning, there was the cleaning being done. And ordinarily, apart from next Sunday, as I hear, it'll be a, a, a time off, but usually there will be some tea or some refreshment, uh, and there is someone who then is capable or is uh, responsible for doing that. Uh, these are each and different um, opportunities for people to carry out um, their work in a way to please the Lord. It's not to please one another. It is the Lord who watches, and therefore um, none must do their bit, but only for the purpose that they would be seen by another. Now, if others see what you're doing, because some of these things are very public, but there are some of these things that are very private, uh, it's not obvious. Think, for example, 
the whole matter of encouragement. There are others who in the church, are, are, the Lord has so burdened them or given them this talent where they can go alongside another when they are, um, someone is downcast. Not all would go around them, but there is this brother or sister who would come alongside and be such a great encouragement. And others may not know. Others, there is the work of just praying for the church and the various activities that go on in the church. You see, and I want us to insist on this, the faithfulness. Someone has said, and I quote, the highest calling in the world is to do for the Lord Jesus Christ what you can do and what you have been given to do, and to do it with your whole heart. This is how to please God. Are you doing that? I, now, I'm not mm, suggesting that you're not, but I, are you doing it? And doing it faithfully. Doing it not looking over your shoulder. Have they... Have they seen me do it? Did the pastor pass by, do you think? They saw me do it? Not that kind of a heart at all, but doing it as unto the Lord with all faithfulness. So that's really then um, what needs to be said, what it is not uh, and that uh, what it is. But really, let's look at this quickly then. How? Are these talents to be used? How should they be used? There in verses 17 and 18. No, 16 and 17. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made the two uh, more. And then... Uh, we'll see the remaining part in a moment. There are these various responsibilities and opportunities to serve the Lord. I've given a few examples earlier, but think, friends, of prayer, for example, teaching the children, visiting the sick, witnessing, and there are many, of course, in this church and in any uh, other biblical church, there are many responsibilities and opportunities. Now, you know, these are not to be done by one person. They're not to be done by one person. Because this parable that we had read and we are looking at uh, really is, is showing us that no, this is not um, a one man show. No, it is not. If, if you're at church today, and thank God you're here, but if all that you do is attend church on a Sunday, then how surely will these other things that we have mentioned be carried out? Yes, we come to church on a Sunday morning together, but the activities of the church spread out through the week. And therefore, really, if all one does is attend church 
on a Sunday. You know what? That's a terrible failure. Actually, that is a sin against the Lord, the giver of these talents we are seeing here. And not only are you sinning against the Lord, but against his people. Because these talents, where would they be used? Now remember, this is a parable. It's an earthly story. Surely we can relate with it when it was being read. Uh, Earthly story. But it it has this spiritual uh, meaning that we are seeking to understand. When the Lord gives his talents, they are to be used for his glory, but they are to be used among his people. Among his people. And you know, if you are not using your talent, then as we will be seeing, sadly you are burying your talent. You are burying your talent. So how are these talents to be used? We can see that in two ways. One, we can see that you can use it in a way that you then draw from the master these words, good and faithful servant. And that's what we are told when these uh, two had been given uh, their, uh, their talents. We are told they set off to work immediately, each according to his ability. And again, the, this word faithfulness, and someone has said that faithfulness is the currency by which the, the value of Christian service is to be measured, as opposed to some scale of importance. It is faithfulness. That's why we see here that the five-talent man exercised the five-talent responsibility, and he earned five-talent profit. And exactly the, the two-talent man just did, or person, did just the same, where uh, he, um, he labored faithfully uh, with his two talents and gained two more. And then, not everything can be said because we don't have much time, but the master... Uh, is indicated here that went away uh, for a while, for a long time. Um, and of course, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord having uh, set uh, work among his own in the church uh, has uh, gone away, but will certainly return. And his uh, delay is not forgetfulness, It's not that he does not carry out his promises. Indeed, he will. But when he does come, uh, he then will utter. For those who uh, work faithfully, we hear those words, Well done, good and faithful. You have been faithful uh, over a little. And so he goes on. There in verse 21 and also in verse 23. And this keeps coming. 
the main thing is constant faithfulness in the work God has given us to do. Um, Christian life is a call on duty, a 24-7 work. One cannot uh, say they have done enough uh, or uh, they will not uh, uh, continue. No, it is faithfully serving the Lord till such times when he will return. And the question is, are you faithful? Are you faithful in the work? Whatever it is, I've touched a few of those areas. There are other areas in the church life. But how faithful are you? And remember, you want to please the master above. And so that is the way these talents are to be put in use. It's not only uh, in this passage, the good and the faithful words coming, but we also see these frightening words. Verses 24, uh, moving down to 28. The one who had received the one talent, uh, really we are told what he did there in verse 24, uh, where we read, He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter, you scatter no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Wow. But of course his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed, and you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my, my coming, I should have received uh, what was um, my own with interest. And then we are told uh, again those very hard words at the end. So here is a, a one-talent man and what he did, uh, really revealing what was in his heart. His inactivity, his sin that he buries um, that which belongs to the master. And then he was ready with an excuse. Honestly, he just wasted his talent. Now, Someone has said, and it's obvious when you think about it, uh, that nothing uh, is static in life, and money under the mattress uh, doesn't earn any interest. Uh, I think we know uh, that, and especially nowadays when uh, 
value of money, uh, particularly in our country, the value of money uh, changes not really for the better. The one talent man was responsible for being productive. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his inactivity, um, by doing that, he was just robbing his master. He was stealing from his master. You see, if you are a professing believer, then God has given you his Holy Spirit. God has given you his word. So how do you live your life? How do you operate in your life? Are you a Sunday-only person? Do you think surely that the Lord is happy with you? Will he surely be able on that final day to say, well done? Or surely will he not say, wicked and lazy? As though that is not bad enough being inactive, this wicked person goes further and actually blames his master. He blames his master. And he says, you are a hard man. You know, as then, so now. Uh, it's possible if people don't utter those words loudly, but one, it's possible to say, Lord, it's been too hard. Your standard, Lord, is very high. Don't you say that be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect? And, and I just felt I, I, I couldn't reach that. And, and so, no, I didn't try. Your standard is very high. Are we not guilty of saying, Lord, you are a hard master? You know, I thought others could do better, so I, I didn't want to, to... I just let them do it. The master would not have any of that. The master said, you wicked, lazy, or slothful servant. And Jesus is showing us here, you know, God is patient. God is patient, but his patience must not be seen um, uh, as weakness, God will not reward inactivity. No, he will not. But if we labor, if we struggle, if we attempt for the Lord, the outcome will be his. He is a loving master. He'll never demand from us what we are unable to do. Remember, our passage tells us there in verse 15, near the end, to each according to his ability. Dear brethren, the things the Lord has laid for us in the church and in our Christian life, let's get on with them. We will be amazed when we really set off to do to 
to please the Lord in obedience. It's amazing what things we then will be able to do. But if we sit back and think, how do I, I mean, this is not my area. I think the, the church is big, others can do. Be careful. Otherwise, you would be listed as one. Given, yes, some talent. And don't you say that, but mine was only one. Mm -mm. That leads us then, naturally, to see some area of application. We ask, so what? (laughs) Okay, we are seeing here, the Lord is the one who gives those talents. And he gives to everyone in his church in different ways. We need to find out what areas the Lord is inclining me, what opportunities the Lord is uh, uh, laying before me. There are times we can't even ask, Pastor, help me. I want to be of, of service in this church. I don't know, is it this or is it this? And, and you will be helped. Every believer has this God-given talent to be used for his glory and for the good of his people. You see, uh, I've mentioned some objections that people would raise. Uh, One would raise a possible objection just like this person You know, I failed because uh, I had only one talent. But actually, you know, even the five talent and the two talent uh, person can fail, and people do fail. We are not perfect in in, uh, carrying out these areas. But it goes further. There are those who, even though they may know what to do, unfortunately, some sense of self-righteousness or pride comes in, and uh, they are able to even ask, uh, what I'm doing, will, will anyone notice it? Um, my duty is hidden. There's no encouragement I'm getting from others. That should not happen, because it's the Lord who gives His people, these talents. You see, if we use these talents as we ought, this will happen. One, the faithful will grow in grace. The faithful will grow in grace. Look at verse 29. For to everyone who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance. That's what will happen. Jesus again surely is teaching us uh, how we would grow um, spiritually here. Uh, One who has, if they use faithfully, then they will know more blessing on that. Our blessings will be multiplied when we are on that road of obedience, when we are carrying out uh, the Lord's work in obedience. Will you grow in grace? 
then be found busy for the Lord, whatever be your area. Now, much along the way, much of what happens in the church along the way will get to be known. But others have, as have said, may never be known humanly. They are those who may even be bedridden, but they are prayerful warriors on behalf of the church. The church may never know them for that. They may be prayed for here. So and so, Lord, remember them. They have not come to church for a long time. What they are doing there, they are laboring in prayer. If they wait for people to know that they are praying, no, it is the Lord. And when faithfully we continue in that, the Lord does see. And when the Lord returns, indeed, that will be the case. The Lord causes growth for those who are faithful in his work. And I therefore just encourage you, dear uh, brethren, particularly this week with the events uh, already begun, but you know, tomorrow uh, is hundreds uh, of delegates coming. Oh, that, that preparations all so that the work, you know, the visitors can come, has been a lot. And it will be a lot, I know. Last year we held our um, youth uh, conference among our uh, churches, and that was a nightmare for, for us. It was just about 80, 80, um, just trying to accommodate uh, the people and, and arranging the meals, very challenging. But the Lord did mm, uh, sow us through, and, 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 and if there is the second time, now this time, next week, it will be held in Kisumu, our sister church, and another time it will go somewhere else. But uh, it taught us great lessons, and, and we thank the Lord for the opportunity. And definitely, not everything will go right, but oh, what a privilege set before you, dear brethren, and that you would do what you are to do faithfully. But then, the faithful will grow in grace. However, the faithless will but deteriorate. The faithless will deteriorate. They will diminish. And that's what we are reading there as we continue in verse 29, the middle of verse 29. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, it is said, who has not, then what he has be taken away? What can be taken away? Of course, we, this will be taken away. What is it? The God-given talent. He was given a one talent. He didn't make use of it. He buried it, blamed God. At the end, God says, that will be taken away. Remember, it was God's gift. Now, again, we can't uh, expound this. Other, our time is far spent. But, oh, hasn't God given us in this church, 
and in every other church where the gospel is preached faithfully, there has been wonderful words of life coming through to each and everyone. So you know you have received, you have heard in that sense, you have heard the wonderful words of life pronounced in your hearing. Other privileges also have been set before you. Not perfectly, but you have seen believers in this church. So live a life that is desirable, admirable. Remember, not perfect, but they so live in such a satisfactory way and it's like, wow. But you are not making use of your God-given privileges. You know what? God will take that away. A time comes, there will be drought. In my country, drought is real. And that's the drought for water. And okay, then it goes to grain and other things. But when there is drought for the word of God, then that is real drought. And a time comes for one who squanders, one who would despise, one who would not receive wholeheartedly the wonderful words of life that comes from God through his servants and demonstrated in the life of the church. And then, friends, so not only will the faithful grow in grace, the faithless will deteriorate You know what? The repentant, the unrepentant, the unrepentant will perish. In other words, there, if we look at it in verse 30, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, those are very hard words, though, at the very end. But you know, the Lord gives that hard word at the end, but it also is an opportunity to be latched upon. It is the unrepentant that will perish, but if one repents even at such a point, there is hope for them. Unless you repent, you will perish. That's what the Bible tells us. Jesus speaks as the final judge. Our Supreme Court judges spoke and they had their way, but clearly they left um, uh, a country that is not united. Uh, of course, those who then were disappointed say, okay, we accept what you have said, but we don't agree with you. Uh, because they felt uh, that um, there was great unfairness. You see, friends, this parable teaches us to believe in the Lord Jesus as Savior. He comes as a master and when he comes, he wants to see men and women, boys and girls who have been faithful, faithfully 
waiting for his return, active in serving him in whatever way. Um, I say, don't despise the talent you have. Use it faithfully. Use it faithfully. Each one of us in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have because it is the master who gives it. But also then, friends, don't fear because he's, he's a fair judge. He's a loving Father. He's gracious. And those who seek his face and say, Master, I would have loved to do more. But there are my challenges here. And the Master knows that. He just desires faithfulness from us. At the end, it will be said what we saw earlier and we didn't um, unpack, where he says, enter into the joy of your master. Twice said to a, ta- a five-talent man and a two-talent man. The master is described as one with joy, waiting. And therefore, those who have been faithful will enter into his joy. Reminds us of that passage in Hebrews 12, verse 2. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He was faithful through it all to the end. And he's saying, you be faithful. Follow me to the end and you will join in that joy with me. Dear believers, Let's just press on. Our labors may not be seen as anything by this world, but the Lord does see our labors. And those who are not saved, and you hear the words of the Savior, He is the master. He is the one who portions out gifts. If you would be in His kingdom, then you must trust Him. You must believe in him. He then will set before you a talent or talents and you have to use it for his glory in the church. These are talents that the Lord himself does give. What is your talent? Use it faithfully. Let us pray. Lord our God, thank you that The Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, had this joy that was set before him. And therefore he was willing to endure all that he went through to the cross itself. And he became victorious. Now he's the one who then gives gifts to his people. And these gifts are to be used for Your glory, Lord. We are to work. We are to work faithfully because the Lord is coming. Help us to be faithful. But I pray also, Lord, that those who really would be able, even right now, to say, yeah, I see I have not been faithful. I've looked aside to see what others are doing and have 
not had interest in what I can do. I've criticized. I've held back. Lord, I pray that uh, you would have mercy upon such and they repent. But that this church will know something of uh, unity in expressed in faithfulness in carrying out various tasks. And especially this week, let that be a great opportunity for them to demonstrate. Already, apparently, it's been demonstrated. So much food has been brought in already. Uh, but Lord, praying that uh, there will be uh, more and more faithfulness in the brethren here. Lord, I pray for those who are unsaved. They would uh, look upon you and the Lord Jesus Christ who just in the next few verses, the next few passages will be going to the cross to die. And because there is the great joy set before him. And now that he went to the cross and, and died and rose again, may unbelievers look to him and be saved and be busy serving, waiting for his return. Hear our prayer. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.